Shooters, welcome back to the Shooters Touch podcast as we continue to try to grow the game of basketball here in the state of Iowa one story at a time. And we have a good one for you here today. Um, but before we get into that, if you've been following along with us at all, um, following along with our journey, uh, we, we really do appreciate it. You can help us out by jumping on wherever you get your podcast and just dropping a quick review. Uh, it helps people find us easier and quicker and just, just makes everything um, a lot easier for us. And so we appreciate that. The other thing, too, is if you have not signed up for our newsletter, um, jump over to our Twitter. We have our link there. You can get signed up um, and start getting more uh, great hoops information through our newsletter. So we appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, with that, let's jump in. This this week we have J.D. Bohr, Pella Christian head boys basketball coach on with us. And J.D.'s got a cool story. Um, very insightful guy. It was a lot of fun talking with him and and just kind of catching up and hearing his story and where he, where he came from. And so uh, we hope you enjoy it. There's a few nuggets in this one for sure for you. As always, Shooters Shoot. This episode of the Shooters Touch is brought to you by Forged Athletics, your go-to spot for sports-specific trainers and athletes to get connected. Visit Forged Athletics at goforgedathletics.com and start improving your skills today. I was getting, I was getting a lot of no letters, and I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence, man. You have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. It's all about confidence. If they walk a mile in my shoes, then they can ball like I do. But my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot. Well, welcome back, Shooters, and we welcome J.D. Bohr. Coach, welcome to the Shooters Touch. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. I think you guys do a great job with this podcast, and uh, I'm honored honored to be on the Shooters Touch. Well, we appreciate you saying that, and uh, excited to have you with us. So uh, how are things at home? What's, uh, what's home life like? You got a couple little ones running around, right? Yeah, we do. Uh, my wife, Erica, and I, we moved to Pella. Um, I'm at Pella Christian here, so we moved here um last june so we've been here a little over a year we got a daughter aj who's two years old and nazareth our son is about five months so so thankfully he's carrying the load there right now (laughs) you're so you're busy then i mean between obviously getting back in the swing of uh school and um preparing here for a season coming up and two little ones at home i imagine you have your hands full a little bit no doubt about it. And the thing is, my wife coaches too. So she's the JV volleyball coach here at PC. So the fall is extra busy for me. because I come home and I'm in charge of the kids there for a little bit, but it's fun. We love it. That's great. Good to hear. And uh, everything's everything's going well. You guys are adjusting. Um, feel, feel right at home by now down there in Pella. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really good. Pella is a nice place to live. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good people. Uh, great community at Pella Christian. And, uh, you know, it's a small Christian school, even though Pella is new to me, I've been around small Christian schools like it. Um, so it's in that way, it's been kind of an easy transition, but uh, we've really enjoyed being here so far. Well, good. And that's a, uh, so that's a perfect little transition for us as we take a look at, uh, your childhood and growing up. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about it. What, what was childhood like for you and in, in your neighborhood, in your town, um, in your house? Uh, and then ultimately where did, uh, sports kind of fit in and play a role there? Yeah, sure. So I was actually born in Linden, Washington. Uh, my dad was, a was a high school basketball coach up there and then about as Northwest in the United States as you can go. I mean, you can, you can throw a rock to the border basically, but, uh, he was a teacher and basketball coach up there. And then uh, when I was a couple years old, he and my family ended up moving uh, back to Iowa where my parents had grown up and uh, grew up in the Northwest part of the state in Hall, Iowa. 
um, town of 3,000 people-ish, something like that. And uh, man, just had a great upbringing. I mean, I just love, you know, it's, a, it's small town Iowa, right? And it's great to be from small town Iowa. I Absolutely. Think I think it's just really fun. You know, it's just, you got your small group of friends, you're biking around to everybody's houses, calling up your friends, you know, getting together. And I just had a lot of fun, you know, and as far as sports go, I mean, I can't really remember when sports started because it's always just been a part of my life. Right. I mean, I'm sure you guys can relate that you just kind of grow up with a ball in your hands and uh, man, just, I remember like first grade, you know, everybody's still watching cartoons and I'm, I'm coming home to sports center. Right? Oh, yeah. I'm coming home about four o'clock is around the horn followed by PTI. I mean, that was like me <laughs> all the way through. I just, I loved it, you know? So, um, and I grew up around basketball with my dad. Um, when, he, when he moved back to Iowa, my dad was the assistant coach at Western Christian. Um, so kind of grew up around that program. I uh, spent a lot of time, a lot of time in that gym, uh, which I loved every second of it. And uh, yeah, just played about every sport growing up, right? I mean, like a lot of a lot of young kids do. Played a lot of sports, enjoyed all of them, uh, and eventually just really gravitated towards a love of basketball. So growing up, uh, obviously in a community that is so prideful, obviously around his school and athletics, but basketball generally, I mean, it is something where, like you yeah. said, obviously your dad coaching, you're, you're in the gym, but uh, how big was it to, to move and to be in a community that um, was so passionate about the sport that I assume that you ultimately loved as well? Yeah, for sure. It, it was, it's cool, right? I mean, it, it felt normal because that's kind of all I knew was this passion for for athletics in general, you know, but especially on the guys' side of things, basketball um, just kind of creates a cool environment um, because as a young kid, you're, you're going to all the games, you know? So I was actually, I still remember in third grade, I remember my dad talking to me and saying, hey, you want to be the water boy on the, for the varsity team? And that was like the coolest thing in the world to me. And I did it for the next four years from third grade to seventh grade. I never missed a Western basketball game. And uh, I'd be right behind the bench and every home game, I had like five of my buddies tagging along with me. Right. So we all just sat right there behind the bench. All the other kids are up in the balcony, you know, running around playing games. Nobody's watching and we're just tuned in, you know, we just, we loved it and uh, got to, got to experience what it's like to be a part of a program and obviously a good program there at Western Christian. Absolutely. That's uh, definitely an experience that uh, is going to shape you uh, um, as a kid and as a young man. And obviously no surprise that you, you got into the, the, the coaching business uh, after that experience, but let's talk a little bit about your playing days. So obviously growing up um, around the program, your dad on staff, uh, like you said, you, the water boy, obviously we've all been there when you're, when you're that age, the high school players are like your idols. You look up to them. And so what happens then once you finally get an opportunity to put on that jersey and go out um, and play uh, for the high school team? What do, what do you remember um, most about your experience in high school and, and some, some memories that you always take with you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously I was blessed to, to play for some really good coaches. Um, my freshman and JV years, so it'd be my freshman and sophomore years, Bill Harmson. Uh, was the coach of those teams. Um, you know, he's actually, he ended up moving to the girls' side, back to the boys' side at Western Christian. Um, now he's at Dort University coaching the women. Uh, he, I mean, he won four state titles in just a short amount of time. So he was just an awesome coach and a guy that really pushed us. And then um, eventually playing for Jim Ekoff. Um, I wrote it down. I mean, he won eight state titles. Um, so he obviously, <laughs> he had a lot of success wow. there too, you know, so I was just surrounded by, by good coaches. Um, and what and things I remember from those years, um, you know, we I had an opportunity to be a part of some really good teams. Um, sophomore year, I didn't, I wasn't on varsity the whole time, but I got called up late in the year and we ended up winning the state title. Uh, and then my junior year, we were probably better than my sophomore year. We returned a lot 
and I had an opportunity to, to play a role on that team, uh, just kind of coming off the bench. And we ended up losing um, in the state title game to West Fork in overtime. Uh, so that's kind of a tough way to go out. And then a good senior year, too. We made it to sub-state. Um, so things I remember, I think, um, probably the practices, they're really hard. <laughs> uh, those coaches um, are successful because they're really tough, you know, and they create a really competitive environment. Uh, and they expect a lot of toughness um, from the guys playing. And, uh, you know, it wasn't always easy for me because being around the program so much, um, I kind of felt a weight, like an expectation of, you know, and, and with my dad being around the program too, you know, he ended up quitting or, or stepping back when I got into high school, um, which I appreciated. I think he didn't want that to become a, a distraction. Um, but I definitely felt some pressure and uh, maybe didn't always perform the way that I wanted to. Uh, but, you know, an opportunity to be a part of a program like that and have the success that we did uh, was certainly special. And uh, to do it with some, some people that you grow up with is obviously, I mean, that's what it's about, right? You know, just developing those relationships and learning and growing together. is It was a great, great experience for me. Yeah, absolutely. You, we talk about it all the time. You, you can play at any level, but something about those high school relationships that you have um, that make it extra special. But so two, so it would have been the 2011 West Fork team. Yeah, um, they were really good, right? That was that West Fork team. Like they're two years in a row. Like is, they should have won it in ten and then bounced back. I think and won it in eleven. Does that sound right? Yeah, um, I, I think they might have been 1A and 10. I'm not sure on that. I don't think they were 2A because we won it in 10. Okay. And then, that's, I bet you're right. I bet that's what it was. They, you're right. And then they moved up um, with, uh, yeah, they had a good group of kids over there. And um, yeah, that's right. So uh, that's a little bit of a buzzsaw. But uh, so, so did you play any other sports then through high school? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So you know, I always played baseball growing up. And then, uh, you know, my freshman year, you, I was always the little guy. So I was like the shortest guy in junior high. And then I started growing, you know, <laughs> when you're in that awkward growing stage, yep. baseball is a terrible sport to be involved in. <laughs> and I hit that wall in baseball. So then I was done with that. Uh, but I played football, uh, basketball and soccer in high school. So what do you think, uh, uh, between your football and soccer coaches that you had, what's, what's something that uh, you took with uh, you from them that maybe you still kind of instill in your coaching philosophy. Now, I think it's always interesting to hear, you know, obviously yeah. basketball coaches and you had some great ones, as you mentioned, but there's always something like whether it was, maybe it was a baseball coach too, but there's always a little something that you work in that I feel like most coaches find a way to work into their, their practices that they learn from a different sport. Sure. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, you know, Justin Nagin was my soccer coach and uh, he ended up coaching the girls basketball team too. He still does at Western. He won a state title doing that. Well, um, everyone at Western has won a state title. That's, I mean, yeah. that's... <laughs> my football coach has too. So coach Travis Coyne was my football coach and uh, he's the athletic director there. And I'll kind of talk about him a little bit. You know, he, he was like the king of the cliches, right? I mean, he, always he was just that guy right that Coach, he would just yeah. run with them you'd step into his office and you know he had him posted all over the walls and it was like some different motivational quote every day you know and as a player I kind of we kind of joked about it a little bit like oh yeah here comes the next one right you know he's just always rolling with this stuff and uh you know the thing is I kind of like it now you oh know? yeah yeah like, as a coach you want to do that a little bit and I think it can be a little corny sometimes, uh, but I really do think there's value in doing some of those things and creating those little slogans, um, those mantras um, to inspire your team. You know what? Even if the kids think it's a little corny and weird, like, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah. going to make fun of it. That's all right. You know, I think there's value in that. And that's something that, that I've taken from him and started to do, honestly, even more recently um as, as i just kind of think through a program and what you want it to look like and and establishing that identity you need some of that stuff yeah and i think it's i think it's interesting with that too because the first 15 times you say it or you bring it up or you you put it on the scouting report or whatever it is 
it's not gonna hit and then it's gonna hit one one player two players three players you know and it's gonna hit them all at different times and they're gonna be like oh man you know 15 years down the road you're like, God, you remember when coach used to put that you know and they're gonna remember it and it's gonna make sense and they're gonna find a way to use it in their life too and so you're right it is it is funny on how um that kind of comes with maturity and comes with age too a little bit, but uh, there's truth in, in a lot of those sayings. So, um, so then what happened? So senior year comes, um, everything wraps up, uh, basketball season, maybe not quite exactly how you wanted to go out. Um, but what does the college search look like? And then ultimately um, what'd you end up deciding and why? Sure. You know, my college search uh, is kind of lame. You know, my family, my parents both went to Dort College and uh, pretty much everybody in my family went to Dort and I had no problem with that. You know, some people <laughs> are like, oh, I don't want to do what everybody else did. Yep. You know, Sioux Center is about 10 minutes down the road from Hall and uh, I grew up going to a lot of Dort games. Um, going, I remember going to Midnight Madness, you know, every year and that was like kicking off basketball season for me. Um, so I always kind of felt like unless I was a super good athlete, I was going to go to Dort. And obviously I wasn't a super good athlete. Uh, the biggest question for me was whether I was, you know, I was kind of okay at football and basketball, like wasn't great by any means. Wasn't like this heavily recruited player by any means, but I liked both of them. And I was probably okay enough to play at, at the NAIA level to some degree at both of them. Um, so I remember, you know, thinking about that a lot and, and trying to decide what I wanted to do, football or basketball. And, and I remember walking off the football field for the last time and going, there's no way I'm done playing. You know, like this cannot be the end. So I was like, I think I'm going to play football. And then I, 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 you know, I always kind of felt like I was going to go to Dort. And uh, Dort ended up, the, the coach moved on. So they're in the process of hiring a new coach. And then they finally, you know, and I don't know, this must have been January or February that they hire this new coach. And uh, I went in to go meet with him. And I'm a quarterback and like I'm a pocket quarterback. I'm not an <laughs> athlete by any means. And uh, the new coach goes, yeah, we're going to run the triple option. And uh, yeah, we're going to we're going to need some speed over at quarterback. And it was just immediately like, OK, decision made. <laughs> like. <laughs> thankfully I, I'm so glad that that decision was made for me um, I never ended up playing football and and played basketball um, at Dort which was obviously um, a, a great choice for me <laughs> I think God was looking out for me with that move, so. <laughs> that's awesome it, it's funny how so playing football myself um, mostly because that's what you did in the fall was play football but it's funny how the game like practice sucks football practice sucks <laughs> but those games are are something special and at least for us like we were uh, you know had a lot of wrestlers that were really good buddies and so like when that's when that comes to an end when football season comes to an end you get, on a friday night or our playoffs however it works it's yeah. funny how you're like man like this is tough because oh, yeah like you said you're like i don't i don't want this to end but then you think about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and you're like, hey, you know what? Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> Let's go play basketball. What was I thinking? I would uh, say, like, of all my sport experiences, like, there's still nothing like Friday Night Lights, right? Yeah. I mean, just taking the field on a Friday night is there's nothing that compares to it. Yeah. No, I I agree. It's crazy on how even you know a bunch of hoop heads would say that, but it it's something yeah. it's something different about it. So. Uh, so tell us a little bit then how, how did your career what uh, what what successes what do you remember about your your playing days at Dort yeah so um, at Dort I played for coach Ross Dauma and uh, man he that program was humming you know when I got there we were really good uh, my senior year of high school they had made it to the um, they made it to the national tournament they played in the elite eight that year um, they were really good and returned everybody uh, so I came in as a freshman and uh, I remember talking with my dad, you know, about like, you know, what goals do you have for your college career? And again, I'm just kind of like, I'm not a great player. I maybe scored 10 points a game in high school. I did a lot of things. Okay. But certainly didn't view myself as an outstanding college athlete. And I just said, my only goal 
in this is that I want to play. I want to be on the varsity team at some point. You know, at Dort's an NAI school. Um, so they have a JV team and a varsity team. And uh, that first year, Dort's really good. I'm on the JV team. But I ended up getting pulled up a little bit to practice with the varsity guys. So I practiced with them every day. And I remember just getting my butt kicked every day. I mean, they were so, so big, so physical, and uh, really, really talented. Uh, that was an outstanding group. Um, some of the guys on that team, Cliff Warner, uh, who's a Pella Christian graduate, Trevor Wolterstorff went to Western, uh, Jordan Vogel, Kyle Lindbergh, Austin Kachi, Sean, I mean, Sean Kaiser, just a bunch of guys that were really, really good. And it was, it was tough. I got my butt kicked every day. Uh, but I was just happy to be along for the ride at that point. And uh, that team also made it to the Elite Eight. And we lost in double overtime um, to the eventual eventual national champions. Um, so that was kind of tough. But um, but yeah, they were they were an outstanding people, outstanding group to be around. Um, and then we graduated a bunch of guys in my sophomore year. I ended up finding a way to kind of get on the court a little bit. We had another great season, uh, won the conference um, and, and made it to the national tournament. Another loss in double overtime. So back-to-back -back years, we lost in double overtime. That time to William Penn. And uh, yeah, I'll tell a story about that. So the NAI, is, it's now one division. Okay, so there's just one NAI, but back in the day, there was two divisions. There was D1 and D2. And uh, so we were D2, and our national tournament was in Branson, Missouri. And it's like, I remember going, like, thinking, this is going to be great, right? We made the national tournament. It's going to be really cool. And you get there, and it's, in, it's at, uh, I can't even think of the college name right now. I was say, I like, where, where would you even host that at Branson? I mean, God, I got to. College of the Ozarks. Okay, yep. yep. And like this gym, it's like a glorified high school gym. <laughs> this is where the national tournament's being played. And like they wanted to make the place feel big, right? And like feel full. So they would legitimately like take like fifth and sixth graders out of school for the day. And they were in the balcony of this little gym. <laughs> This place is just like packed with little kids who have don't no care clue. at all. Yeah, just screaming <laughs> at everything. Yeah, you know, and thirty-two teams make it, and it's uh, it's a five or six-day tournament, so you got to win like five games in six days in order to win the national championship. And the way that they squeeze them in is you. The first game starts at eight a.m. And they run them every two hours until 10 p.m. is when the last one tips off. So our coach always told us, he was like, when we went down there my sophomore year, you know, we had been there the year before. He's like, they don't call fouls, right? Because they got to keep, keep the game going. <laughs> yeah, they got to keep them going. So like, we are so physical in practice leading up to this. And he's like, we have to be physical. Well, we play William Penn in that first round game and it's the 10 o'clock game and it probably didn't start till like 10 30 so it's 10 30 p.m that we're finally tipping off and uh, of course we're being physical right and for whatever reason the refs are calling everything oh no <laughs> so uh and william penn had a really good group that year and i think in double overtime i think the final was like 113 to 109 or something like that and uh, we, it finished like one in the morning, one, two in the morning is when the game finally ended. And four of our starters fouled out of the game. <laughs> like I was on the floor in overtime and trust me, I had no business being on the floor. In overtime. <laughs> like that's when we knew things had gone wrong because everybody fouled out and it was just, it was a crazy game. <laughs> kind of a tough way to end that year. Um, but anyways, that's awesome. So what what do you guys do in between games and go catch some shows or uh, take in a, a few uh, country music uh, performances yeah. or what? Yeah. So the tradition there uh, was that we would always go to like, I forget what the show is. It's some show with Dolly Parton. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's like Dolly's Stampede or something. <laughs> yes, the Dixie Stampede. <laughs> Dixie Stampede, that's what it that is. So, yeah. Dixie Stampede, the night before the, the national tournament started, every team went to the Dixie Stampede. Oh, and you had to get, like, steak and potato. It's, it's a dinner performance, right? Oh, yeah, you get a great meal. It's it's kind of weird. I mean, it's great to go there once, right? And then you're yeah. back the next year and you're doing it again. Oh <laughs> man, it was it was this like weird national tournament, but it was awesome at the same time, right? I mean, just having 32 teams there in Branson, Missouri, and it's kind of sad that it's over now. Now that D1 and D2 combined, um, they've kind of structured their tournament a little bit different. But man, those are some, those are some great years uh, to be around it. Yeah, and some some good memories that uh, obviously you'll cherish. So, so what happens then when um, college comes to an end, or, or at what point? Um, I guess here quickly, Adam will transition to coaching. But so, what's the thought when you get done playing, or prior to playing, getting done playing? Were you thinking coaching, or when did that start to happen? Yeah, I probably started thinking coaching in like third grade <laughs> like you know how how kids like will play on the driveway and like imagine themselves shooting the last shot like I can remember playing on the driveway and it was like this is the team I was coaching <laughs> you know like that's awesome I, I always kind of knew that that's something I'd want to do and uh you know maybe flirted with some different avenues when I got to college just trying to think about how I wanted to go through that um but ultimately I just couldn't imagine not being around it. Like as a competitor, you know, it's just like, I've been around sports my whole life. And I, I always kind of knew that's what I wanted to do. Uh, so I got an education degree in college um, with the intent of, of being a teacher and a coach, um, which is, yeah, I guess something that, that I always wanted to do. So what um, that horn sounds your senior year, what, what happens next? Obviously, we we know the uh, the end of it, but uh, what what happens? You know, that first one or two months after uh, after the season's over at Dorm. Yeah, yeah, I remember vividly when the horn sounds and I'm in the locker room, and I knew I was going to get into coaching. And I looked at my coach Ross Dalma um, and Derek Kaiser was our assistant. They were both in the locker room. I just said, "Man, this is what it what it's like to be on the other side." And like, yeah, and I said to him, I was like man, this sucks. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it does. You know, it's way better to be a player. Uh, but, you know, I, I was looking at a few different options. Um, you know, Coach Dalma had talked to me about being a graduate assistant on his staff after, after I graduated. Uh, but I had actually just got engaged my senior year of college. Um, so Erica and I were looking, you know, we we're going to get married and kind of felt like, you know what, we need to, we need to move away. You know, let's just, let's apply for jobs all over the place, you know, and see what happens. Um, so it's kind of a fun time, a little nerve wracking when all your friends are getting jobs and they kind of know what they're doing. And I'm just literally applying all over the country uh, for jobs, uh, teaching and, and obviously focus on the teaching, but hoping that I could land a good basketball place too. And uh, it ended up working out really well for me uh, and my family as uh that summer we got married and we ended up moving down to arizona um so we lived in phoenix arizona for a couple of years and i was teaching and coaching at valley christian high school in chandler and uh it was, it was a really good experience so certainly blessed at how that all worked out so assistant or head coach down there yeah so um i was the freshman boys coach which was perfect. I mean, it really was. I couldn't, couldn't imagine being in a better place. And we actually had a really talented group there for a couple of years. Uh, but what's, what's crazy is that the head coach there at Valley Christian and also the athletic director, his name is Greg Hogsma. Um, and he's won six state titles in Arizona. So he's got a great program going on there. But what's crazy is he's actually a graduate of Pella Christian. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> so sometimes these Christian schools are, are a little bit like small world, uh -huh. but this was crazy. I mean, just the fact that I ended up uh, being under him and learning from him was great. And uh, yeah, so I spent two years being the freshman coach um, in that program and, and obviously learned a bunch from, from Coach Hogs. That is crazy. Um, 
uh, we ask this question all the time. What was one thing that very first year of coaching that you learned that maybe, you know, with you being around hoops and coaching so much, you know, maybe there wasn't anything, but what was that one thing that you can remember that, you know, Hey, I, I didn't, uh, wasn't, wasn't aware of this aspect of it. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think, I don't know, this is something I think about a lot, but I probably came in there thinking I knew a lot, right? And you hear that from everybody. Yeah. But I thought I knew a lot because I thought, you know what? I've been around really successful coaches. I can just do what they do and it's going to work for me, right? So I kind of stepped in there and was tough and, and get on the line and run and everything's competitive and, you know, the way that I was was coached is exactly what I was trying to do. Um, and I had been around it enough that I felt like I could do it pretty well, but it just wasn't me. Right. I mean, the reality is you learn that. I mean, I think it's the number one thing in coaching, right. That you just gotta, you gotta be who you are, you know, and it's something that as a young coach and, and as a guy who's just starting as a head coach, I'm still trying to figure out um, and man and, work through that a little bit because you have all these influences um but you got to do it your way and uh do a way that works for you um so even though even i love those guys those guys are in college now those guys i i coached that first year and <laughs> they're some really good kids and i feel like i i did an okay job of developing some of those relationships but i was probably trying to be somebody else a little bit too much you know, I think even uh, even even high school players can see through that if you're you know trying to be somebody else that that you're really not. So that's a uh, that's interesting. You know, I don't think we've heard that that answer to that question on this podcast yet. But uh, that's some good advice right there. Um, all right, so so spent a couple of years down there, or how long did you spend down there? Yeah, we were there for two years. Two, okay. And then what? Uh, I guess I I was started calling. I'm sure <laughs> uh, kind of calling it calling it calling you back. You know, we actually loved being away. We really did. And uh, I just really felt this urge to get more involved, you know, as the freshman coach. Uh, but I kind of knew coaching was something I wanted to continue to pursue. And I really wanted to take a take a shot at the college game. Um, so I had talked to um, Coach Ross Dalma, who was at Dort, and said, you know, I know I said no to the, the GA spot a couple of <laughs> years ago. Uh, you think I could find a way back on the program or back into the program now, you know, obviously that was my connection to get into college. Uh, so kind of work through him a little bit. And what's interesting is, is at that same time, he had actually stepped down um, or not stepped down. He just became the athletic director. So they were looking to hire a, a men's basketball coach. And I'm looking to get on the GA on this staff that at that time didn't really exist. <laughs> so the timing of it was just kind of crazy as we're kind of working through that. And my wife and I are trying to figure out, man, do we really want to move back home? Is this what we're going to do? But uh, it ended up working out that I think literally on the day that I needed to tell my principal at Valley Christian, whether I was staying or leaving, right? He kind of gave me this deadline. And on that day, Brian Van Haften ended up taking a job at Dort and said that he'd take me on his GA so that I could go into the office and say, yeah, I'm not coming back. I was at, loved Valley Christian, loved living in Arizona, uh, but just kind of wanted a taste of the, the college basketball game and was fortunate enough to get back at Dort. Yeah, sounds like, uh, it sounds like great timing to me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was wild, but it all worked out, right? So it's all good. Yeah. What's, uh, I guess, from obviously playing, you know, high school, college, you know, there are definitely some aspects of playing that are way different, but what about coaching, you know, in, in that brief time that you coached, uh, you know, the freshman um, and then moved on to a GA spot where, you know, I, I only have experience with, um, you know, the graduate assistants that I know of who are usually, um, you know, former teammates and stuff like that. So, you know, you can say there, there may not be a lot of coaching, um, in that in that role but what what were what were some of the main um i mean differences uh or how would you compare high school to college as a coach yeah um you know what was kind of interesting about it is just stepping into a program that i had been away from for a couple of years and i knew dort really well but now we have brian and hafton who's jumping in and 
you know, doesn't know Dort that well. So here I'm a guy who actually knows Dort. Um, he's a guy who knows basketball really well, you know, and, and we had Kyle Lindbergh, uh, who I played with as well um, at Dort, who was, who is now the assistant at Dort. So um, was surrounded by really good people. Um, but as far as, you know, that transition to the college game, I was fortunate to be able to be a GA at a small school where you can actually do some things uh, and actually do a lot. You know, you're kind of treated basically like an assistant coach, you know, so I was on the road recruiting um, and I was pretty involved in practices. And I was also coaching like the head coach of the JV team at Dort. Um, so I guess what you learn is that you just, you know, you spend so much more, so much time around the game when you're at the college level. And obviously there's like, a lot of extra stuff that goes into that. Um, but, you know, I learned that you just have such an opportunity to develop really strong relationships and, and being in a program with coach Van Haften and VH, I think he's as good as anybody there is at developing those relationships and to just learn from him how to do that. And at the college level, you know, you're just around them all the time. You're always around those guys and spending, you know, hours and hours on practice and, outside of practice you're still with them you know um so to be able to be around a program like that I mean that was really a big difference from high school you know you're just kind of limited in terms of how much time you can spend with those guys yeah for sure it's more college for sure more more as a a job or uh you know your career it seems like and and you're right you know spending time you're in the gym with these guys and then you know sometimes you have uh you know team dinners and you're with them again and uh, maybe even study table and stuff like that, that you're just, you know, constantly around. So you do get that opportunity to, you know, create those relationships and, um, and I mean, you build it. And it sounds like, uh, you know, you being a GA at a smaller school probably, probably um, accelerated your growth as a coach compared to maybe yeah. a GA at a larger school where, you know, honestly, in my experience, you know, you do some film, you cut film um, and get stuff ready for practice. And that's, that's, yeah. that's about the extent of a GA at a larger school. So yeah, might've been a better opportunity for you even. Yeah. I, I mean, I get it. Right. I get people that want to go be a GA at the highest level they can, right. And build those connections and work their way up. Right. So that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if you're just like really trying to develop as a coach, I mean, that's the way to do it. You get, you're involved in everything. You know, I handle like half the scouting reports. Um, I'm on the court for every, I mean, I was on the court four hours a day because I was on the court for the practice, the varsity practice, but then I'd go run my JV practice right afterwards, right? So I was on the court so much and yeah, doing a ton of film work and even the opportunity to get on the on the road and recruit, which mm-hmm. you, know, you can't do at some levels. So to have that opportunity at the NAIA level, you really do learn a lot. Uh, you still get to make a lot of connections and you know, it, it, it's, it's about being around the right people too, right? I mean, to have BH and uh, Coach Lindbergh, the assistant, to have a couple of guys that would trust me to do some things. Um, it's, really, it's really been a blessing in my coaching career. I think those are probably the two years that have impacted me the most. That's awesome. That is such a great story. Um, so from Dort to Pella Christian, correct? Yeah. Yep. How did, uh, how did that come about? Um, what was that, uh, what was that, that choice or decision like for you? Sure. Um, so at this point, things have progressed a little bit because now we got a little one. Okay. So I'm a GA. I'm not making any money, yeah. right? Eric is everything. Yeah. It, it changes everything. And, oh man, Erica is, is an incredible woman. And if there's any other advice, you got to marry a great woman. And I certainly married up in that regard. Uh, at this point, it's like, all right, you know, we're contemplating a few different things. Um, you know, I really wanted to stay in the college game, to be honest with you. And uh, I remember talking with Erica and we said, we're going to go pursue the college game. And we're definitely not going to stay in Iowa. <laughs> Those are two things that we said to each other. And two things happened that, that kind of changed that. Um, one is that this is the spring of 2020. So COVID hits and all of a sudden it's like, I, I, I still had those ideas, right? We're still maintaining that, but we had no idea what things were going to look like moving forward. 
And we know we got to go somewhere. I got to go find a job somewhere. And we were talking through a few different options in that regard. Um, the second thing that happened is I got a call from Pella Christian and uh, talked on the phone with the AD, Dan Branderhorst. And I had known about Pella Christian, um, obviously being from Iowa. I think it's a school that maybe we played a couple times in the summer and things like that. And I knew they were a really good program. And I was intrigued. I was kind of surprised. <laughs> I was surprised at how intrigued I was. And I and I got off the phone with him and I talked to Erica and I, I just kind of figured she was going to be like, oh, no way, you know? But I was like, she said, who are you talking to? And I said, that was Pella Christian. She was like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> so that kind of, from then on, we just, it, it kind of just felt like the Lord was, was calling us to come to Pella and, and to go to Pella Christian. And again, it, it was the exact opposite of what we had discussed, right? We didn't want to be in Iowa and we didn't want to be in the high school game. And yet it felt perfect for us, you know? So we were excited about that opportunity and uh, certainly have been blessed by, by being around this. Well, it sounds like it was meant to be. That's all it sounds like to me. Um, yeah. that's, that's another pretty great story there. Um, so uh, what about after that first year? Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, lessons learned and, you know, we obviously our podcast is based around hoops and, you know, the game changes all the time over the last, you know, five or six years, it's changed uh, immensely in my opinion. But what about you after that first, first year, first season as a, as a head basketball coach, what has changed over that last year? And then what have you learned having one year under your belt? Yeah, I, I mean, hopefully I learned a lot. I guess we're going to find out this year. <laughs> a couple, or in about a month, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully some things are going to be a lot better. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, I had somebody ask me, similar to your question, you know, what is the biggest surprise that you faced in your first year? And, you know, for me, it was just the, the amount of people. And, and managing isn't a very good word, but the amount of people that you're working with it kind of blew my mind, to be honest with you, because as a high school head coach, I think it's, I would actually argue that it may even be more people than in college, right? In college, you kind of have like your small group of guys and you're working with those guys and you're working with some recruits and maybe some boosters and stuff like that too. But then you get into high school and it's like, okay, I got this team that's like, you know, 13 to 15 guys. And then I got the JV and the freshman team. And then I have the coaches for all of those levels. And then I have a youth program and the coaches at those levels. And then the parents, right? I mean, that's a big deal working with them and the other coaches from the other sports in the school, right? So I guess I was just a little bit shocked at, at how much you had to communicate with so many different people. And uh, hopefully I'm learning how to do that better. <laughs> And I think hopefully I'm learning again, just how to be myself um, and how to, how to manage those people and push the right buttons and motivate in the right way uh, that works for me. And it's not necessarily the coaches that I had and it's not coach BH. Those are all awesome people um, and awesome mentors for me still today. But that doesn't mean I have to go out there and be the, you know, I, I got to continue to try to do things my way. That's something, you know, Speaking of mentors, you know, my dad is probably my biggest mentor, like in life and in basketball, you know, he's been around the game a lot. So we talk about this stuff a lot, you know, and just how to best communicate with those people, um, communicate with your assistants and the parents and just getting everybody on board. Uh, it, it's a really difficult thing to do. It's something I'm still learning a lot about, but, but I'm excited. I think I've learned some things that I can apply here next year. Well, good, good. Yeah. Constantly learning. I mean, obviously as a, as a, um, you know, a younger head coach and, and, you know, younger tenured, um, I'm sure there'll be some lessons learned, uh, coming up here in the future, but Hey, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the youth program. Uh, how, how important do you think a youth program is to a high school program? Yeah, I mean, I think it's huge. You know, it's, it's something that this first year, um, I, I didn't really do a great job of. You know, there was something in place that some parents were running the youth program. I didn't really understand it that well. And of course you had the COVID thing. And it was like, I don't even know if we're gonna have this this year. 
all year long. Uh, but now this is really the first year that I'm really stepping into this, right? And trying to help guide that youth program. And uh, obviously it's something that's really important. You know, it's something that, that I'm passionate about trying to do it well, because I think, you know, you can say how, you know, we'll, we'll get what we get. And, and every once in a while you might be good, right? Just going, hey, we'll get what we get. And, you know, hey, look, we got great athletes. We're going to be a pretty good team. Right. But to, in order to sustain success, I think it's super important, you know, and, and as, as I'm diving into this, you know, I really find myself focusing less on skills. You know, I think sometimes we look at, you know, we got to develop these skills for our program, right? Like these kids got to know how to shoot. These kids got to know how to pass. They got to dribble. They got to run my system. That's really not the kind of coach that I am anyways, I, you know, I don't necessarily have a, here's my system and we're going to learn it from third grade on, you know, that's not really my, my strategy, but he, there's two things that I am really interested in as, as I work through this youth program. The first thing is that these kids have a lot of fun. Like you're, you can develop a kid in practice, right? On that November afternoon when you're practicing for two hours you can run some things and he'll grow as a, as a ball player but if he enjoys the game and if he has fun he's going to spend way more hours than he is in that two-hour practice right he's going to be doing it at home on the driveway any chance he gets because he had fun because he enjoys the game of basketball right so i think that's got to be be a top priority uh, and and the reality is you know, I want that kid to dribble and shoot, but if he's not around because he hated basketball in seventh grade, well, then what, it doesn't matter, right? What matters is he's got to be here, right? He's got to want to be a part of this. So I think kids got to have fun. And then the second thing that I think is super important is that these kids learn what it means to be a part of a team, right? And learn those, you know, I'll call them skills. I think they're skills to be a great teammate. You know, and that's really hard to do today because even in sixth grade, these kids want to go out there and, and be James Harden and be Stephen Curry and everybody wants to score all the points and everybody wants their, their dad to give them a high five and say they did an awesome job. And so I think you, you help your coaches, hopefully to let them know that those are the important things, right? Like, I don't care how many games my fifth grade team wins, really don't. Um, and I don't know, I can say all this stuff, whether or not Pella Christian youth basketball looks like that, it probably won't all the time, right? But man, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get good coaches on board with that. Try to get the parents on board with that, you know, to understand that these are the important things for us. Uh, we want these kids to enjoy it. We want them to be around and we want them to be really good teammates. And they're gonna learn how to shoot and dribble along the way. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what, if they don't, some kids will still develop it when they, we can teach them that, right? We can teach a kid how to, how to shoot a left-handed jump hook, but if he quit basketball in seventh grade, I can't teach him anymore. You know, so that's yeah, something that I've been thinking a lot about. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a huge point. Cause I mean, yeah, younger kids, they do what they want to do, what they like to do. And yeah. it, especially with younger kids, if they don't like to do something for whatever it is, a year or two years, unless all of their friends are doing that, they're probably not going to do it anymore. And so you're exactly right that, you know, would love to have all the youth youth come up to high school and be awesome basketball players. But, you know, number one goal is to get them there, get them to high school. Right. You know? And that's, that is tough too. That is tough too. But um, what, uh, what do you want your team to be known for in the next three to five years? And Oh man, you're hitting me with a tough question there, Adam. That is, that is great. And it's something that, again, I've, I've thought a lot about, um, you know, part of it is what I just said, and it's being a great teammate. Um, that's something that it, maybe it's a little bit of my background because in college, I play a lot of different roles, right? I wasn't a star player on my team by any means. I spent a lot of games watching from the bench or playing five minutes, you know, and just doing whatever it takes to help my team. And I got a love for those guys that don't necessarily get an opportunity, but continue to work really hard. Um, so I hope, 
I hope we're known for being a great teammate. Um, you know, and this is something that we actually, we take a good hard look at, you know, one thing I did this year is, you know, we watch film. Uh, we sat down and we watched film on our bench. Like I literally clipped shots of our bench because it matters to me, right? That our bench is bringing energy, you know? So we, we, we took a look at, you know, look how quickly this, this guy stood up and clapped for his teammate, you know, look at, Coach Marvin White, look at his fist bump on the bench, right? We love this stuff, you know? And, uh, you know, we, we kind of have a saying around here that we want to lead the state in high fives, right? Like we want to be known for a team that's, that loves each other, um, that's being great teammates. And then on the floor, um, you know, related, you know, and I think it's good when this stuff is related. I want to be a, a really good passing team. Uh, it's something that we got to continue to improve, uh, but that's something that throughout all of our levels, I'm really focused on this year um, to just be known as a, as a good passing team. You know, we're never going to be probably the quickest team. Sometimes we are going to be the biggest team. This year we're going to be really big, uh, but we're going to move the ball really well, you know, and we're going to move it inside, move it outside. I'm not necessarily going to have a system for this is what our offense is going to look at like year to year. Um, but no matter what we're doing, we're going to move the basketball. Um, you know, I hope we're also known for being physical and rebounding. You know, I, I joke with, with our guys that I've always wanted to coach a team that has a bunch of little buddies, right? Man, I'd love to have a bunch of little guys that can go make plays and go, you know, let's play fast. Let's have fun. And then I got to PC and <laughs> they just grow different around here. I mean, we are <laughs> so tall. So it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to have to throw the ball in the post. You know, that's going to be something that, that we're going to have to be known for. Uh, but to that point, you know, I think at that point, you got to be a great rebounding team. You know, so I want to be known for being a good rebounding team. And lastly, and, and I hope we can develop this more as we go to being really fast. Um, we, were, we weren't super fast last year. I want to be faster. But some of that's personnel driven, right? I mean, you kind of, you may have to slow it down at times. But I just spent a lot of time in recruiting, going to some high school basketball games, and just not really enjoying the product on the court as a spectator. It's because so many teams were just grinding out possessions. And this is why I am so, I am so excited about a shot clock coming to the state of Iowa. I mean, I think we can all celebrate that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so... You know, I'm excited, or I, I just want to push the pace. I want to play fast. I think guys enjoy playing that way. And I think it's a fun brand of basketball to watch too, so. Well, awesome, awesome. And, you know, some great, uh, I guess some great lessons on the court and in life right there, I think, so. Yeah. Well, I think too, I mean, you mentioned with the, you know, you talk about the high fives and, and some of those like little things, um, how overlooked that is in and passing i think too when with so much club basketball and the fact that like you're you could play with a different team every year and the one thing and the one person who's going to stand out the quickest on that team is probably the best passer and probably the best high fiver i mean as weird as that is but like you keep putting five different players out there and the one who shares the basketball makes the right pass and the one that's always celebrating the teammate is the one that you're going to notice right away um, you know, just because they, you, you have so many different roles and so many different moving parts. And by the time everyone's comfortable with each other, they move on to a different team. Yeah. Um, you know, and so that's huge. For sure. You know, I, there's two different studies that I always point to. Um, and I hope I don't, I might mess this up a little bit. I didn't write this down, but like, I think it's 2011 that somebody, an intern in the NBA, like charted who's leads the NBA and touches, right? Individual players. And it's 2011 and it's Steve Nash, right? He got, he high-fived his teammates 238 times a game. That's not. Right? And this is a two-time MVP who's also like, by all accounts, a great teammate, right? Right. And he won a lot in his career and he overachieved in his career. And it's like, it's not a coincidence, right? And then another thing, I think it's like 2018, the NBA did the same thing, but they charted touches by teams. You know, so they took like a week out of the season in, in the early part of the year. And they said, we're going to chart touches. And the, the team that led 
the NBA in touches in that week was the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like nobody, I mean, you could say, hey, well, they had a lot of reason to high five, and that's probably true. But, but still, but I think yeah. there's a connection there, and uh, it's something that I want to be very. I, I just want to really emphasize it, right? And I want to be proactive about it. So, like, we'll pick out a practice this year where we'll have our manager sit there and just tally high fives. And I won't tell the guys it's coming, mm-hmm. right? But they're going to know at the end of the day, Eric had 25 high fives and, you know, Jack had 42, right? And what does that tell you about the kind of teammate they are and things like that? That's yeah. Awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome to hear for sure. Um, well, uh, hey coach, we've appreciated your time. This has been, this has been pretty incredible actually. Um, but we like to end our episodes uh, with a little section we call rapid fire where Brian's going to hit you with a couple questions, some about hoops and some not about hoops. And you just tell us what comes to the top of your head. Can't wait. Let's go. All right, coach. Um, we always lead favorite uh, visiting gym or arena. Um, yeah. I'm assuming university of the Ozarks. Yeah. University of Ozarks <laughs> with that, that's the in the balcony. that maybe makes the list, but <laughs> by the way, I listen to this podcast a lot and this is a, this is a great question. I love this question. It's one of my favorites right here. Uh, and I thought about it too. And I, I feel like I can't choose a high school one, at least around here, because the past year was a COVID year. Right. right. So like, I don't yeah. know if I got a great feel for it, uh, but back to the Dort days, I'm going to have to go with the Corn Palace in Mitchell, oh. South Dakota. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Adam looking at me like, what's going on the Corn <laughs> Dakota Wesleyan plays in the Corn Palace. And it's like, it, it's not an arena, but it's like, it's got like a stage out there. And it's like, oh, nice. there's literally like corn art on the yeah, wall. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got a big jumbotron that comes down. It, it's just a cool environment. They love basketball there in Mitchell, South Dakota. <laughs> That's one of those places that you better be ready to strap it on because not only is the team going to bring it, but the crowd is going to bring it. And it's just a weird environment to play a basketball game. But I'm looking I love at this it. thing right now, and it looks it looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe some place I might have to make a make a make a trip to here soon. Yeah, and you know what? It's good basketball too. I mean, those guys can really play. So that's great. That's definitely first for that question, but I love it. Um, all right, who's the goat? Who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Yeah, that's Michael Jordan. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I've always thought that, right? And LeBron makes his case, right? Yep. But when you watch The Last Dance, it's like it doesn't really matter what LeBron does because there's just something about MJ, right? Yep. There's something about his approach to the game that nobody will ever be better than him, right? So, yeah. Nope. We're right there with you on that one. Um, favorite sports movie? Um, I'm not huge on sports movies. I like Hoosiers. Okay. Um, I like Love and Basketball. Yeah. Yulaska said that one. Uh, I really like Love and Basketball, too. So... Probably one of those two. Remember the Titans is good as well, but I'd probably ultimately have to go with Hoosiers. Those are those are three staples uh, on rapid fire. So that's uh, that's good. Um, best pizza in Pella. Yeah. So this one, Pella's got a good place. Okay. You know, it's kind of a smaller town, but George's, George's Pizza is the spot to go. And it's downtown, you know, Pella's a small community, but they kind of got it going on downtown. Like it's a place that people, people here in Southern Iowa like to be in Pella. There's good, good food. George's has awesome pizza. And my guys give me a hard time because I talk about their ranch. I don't know what it is about their ranch, but it's something different. It's really, really good. And I'll go there just for the ranch. That's a good ranch goes a long way. So obviously they make yeah. it themselves then too, if it's a little different. So I guess I had a student working there and I told him, buddy, you got to tell me what's going on with this ranch. <laughs> he said, well, it comes out of this big carton. I don't know what's going <laughs> on. <the> secrecy. <laughs> yeah. That's odd. Aw- that's awesome. No, that's great. We'll have to add it to the list. It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy how hoop heads love them some pizza. We, we keep getting hit up all the time for um, 
some pizza recommendations. So I love it. Um, all right. So I give you an opportunity to be assistant coach for a year under any coach in America. Who are you? Uh, who are you choosing? Oh man. It's a new question. Hey, we like, got to mix it up a little bit. I love it. Now, see, I thought I was going to be prepared for these. <laughs> That's really good. Um, any coach, it's probably going to be a college coach. Um, yeah, I'm a Cyclones fan. Like, and I'm going to, I mean, Fred Hoiberg has always got a place in my heart. And I know he's struggling a little bit right now in Nebraska. But I guess that would probably that would probably be the one would be uh, ready, huh? With Brad Hoiberg, uh, I think you'd learn a ton. So that's probably a, probably a good call there because you could take a lot, especially on the offensive side of the basketball, back with you. That um, would would be a would be a big advantage for you. So Hoiberg's, yeah, that's a great one. Um, all right, favorite basketball shoe? Yeah, I'm not much of a shoe guy. You know, at Dort. We were we were an Under Armour school, Ooh. which it feels like every small school is an Under Armour school now. This <laughs> must just be the cheapest way. You're speaking speaking to Adam's heart right here on the UA. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and uh, I actually like the Curries. So I remember my senior year, I got like the the first Curries, the Curry one, and he came out with like a family and friends edition, which was this low top, all white, and it's the first time I've ever like gotten a shoe on its release date and I was so excited and I wore them for one game and then somebody stole them out of the locker room no after the first game I wore them no so way. then I ended up having to go on eBay and pay like three times as much as I bought them for to get another pair but oh, man. <laughs> man. probably be that I guess that's that's crazy um all right so Adam and I get a chance to come down to a game this winter um you talked about george's but is there another spot that maybe we can uh hit up and maybe grab some libations or something before we come to the game what's the deal yeah george's is on the short list um and probably the one i would have to recommend you know i think you go to george's Love it. across the street is the peanut pub okay yeah, I've heard, I've which heard is also that. a good place to hit up but george's um, takes a sweep huh yeah, I think so. I mean, it's right. just kind of what Pella's known for a little bit. So easy decision then, I guess. And then grab some Dutch letters too while we're at it, right? Yeah, for sure. I guess I can't ignore the fact that <laughs> nobody from out of town comes to Pella without stopping by a bakery and picking up some goods there too. Yep, so. absolutely. Um, all right, two more, Coach. We'll get you out of here. Um, what does it mean to you if you or somebody you know has the shooter's touch? Yeah, I wish I had the shooter's touch, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> it would be a lot better if I had the shooter's touch. But no, um, you know, to me, it's just that confidence. Um, you know, I think of Mike Miller. I don't know why. When I think of shooter's touch, Mike Miller's maybe not the best shooter in the world. He's probably he, he only needs one shoe on to make a big three, though. So, I mean, let's go. Yeah, he's hit some big shots, the one shoe. And I think he has a brand that's called Let It Fly. And that's what I think of when I think of the shooter's touch, like a guy that has that mentality that I'm not going to hope I make it right. When I catch it, I'm going to let it fly and I'm going to live with the results, but that guy probably knows that it's going in, you know? So just that let it fly mentality that you get, you get it lined up behind the arc and it's going up. That's awesome. That's a great answer. So um, we like that too. Uh, we have no problem letting it fly over here. So um with that, then, last thing, a little bit of a loaded question, but um, what's the best thing about being a Pella Christian Eagle? And I tell you what, there's a lot of good things about being a Pella Christian Eagle. Uh, and there's a great tradition here with basketball, uh, which is, you know, part of what drew me to PC in the first place. Um, you know, a couple of things, too. You know, one is that I'm a man of faith, you know, and my Christian faith means a lot to me. And to be in a place that we can talk about that openly and discuss those things. You know, one of our themes for this year is if Jesus was your teammate, what would that look like? Right. And we've had discussions about the kind of teammate that Jesus would be and how we apply that to our team. And just 
it allows us to have conversations that bring faith and sports together, which is something I'm really, really passionate about. And, you know, I think there's some people in public schools and public universities do a, do a great job of bringing in lifelong lessons too, right? And I just, I appreciate the fact that we can do that openly um, in regards to our Christian faith. And uh, you know what else? You know, it's just a place at PC that basketball matters a lot around here. And uh, it's really cool, right? I mean, we, we pack our gym a lot. We play in the Little Hawkeye Conference, which is just a bear. And we play some really good teams. But it creates for a super fun environment everywhere we go, including our own gym. And sometimes that, I think our guys and myself feel a little pressure with that, right? Like there's expectation, but I mean, who wouldn't want expectation, right? You know, and, and we talk about pressure as a privilege. You may, you may feel some pressure when it comes to this game or this moment. Man, there's a lot of kids around the country, around the world who would die for an opportunity to play in front of a group of people like this and, and play in a community where it does matter to people the way that it does. Um, so I think it's just a blessing to be a part of a community like that. Absolutely. Well, a great answer. And we're excited for you. Um, yeah, I know you're just kind of getting going real first year here now with uh, fans in the stands and a little more normal. And so it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch your guys' continued growth. And it sounds like you're on the right path. And so, Coach, we, we really appreciate you taking some time and, and chatting with us and telling us your story. Yeah, it's been great. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Hey, as Brian said, Coach, thank you. And we are definitely looking forward to catching a couple of Eagles games and uh, maybe getting some slices at uh, George's before. There you go. After. <laughs> you bet. Sounds good.